So I'm going to send you a link. I don't know. There's a lot of weird Orange County stuff that I may have blocked out or just don't remember anymore. But do you remember this being a thing? It's something called Pretend City. And it existed when we were alive. Or, sorry, when we were there. Um, This is the Trader Joe's in Irvine. No. So there's a thing. So if you just Google Pretend City Irvine, there's apparently like a children's museum oh, of some sort. Oh, oh, I, okay. Trader Joe's in the mini city in Irvine. Oh, no. This was established in 2009. No, it wasn't. But this is interesting. Where apparently like it's it's an interactive kids museum slash experience where they get to experience like just kind of regular life in a controlled setting. The only reason I bring this up is that on the Trader Joe's subreddit, they have like a carbon copy of the inside of a Trader Joe's store where kids can come play like cashier and stuff. And it's all on a kid's scale. And I don't know. I just thought this was very cute, but also uniquely Orange County. It's pretty neat. I like this. Yeah. You'll take a trip down to, um, give the kiddos a full experience. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the new housemate would would really like something like this. Well, doesn't she Well, you guys are already prepping her for a career in accounting and also she has her Well, doesn't she have like a gigantic abacus kind of? Uh yeah, basically. Yeah. Um or something something more modern than that. And also well, she's got her IKEA arts table. So She does, loves that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's actually just dive right in because you left last week on a little bit of a cliffhanger uh, in terms of your infrastructure upgrades. And actually, I think, well, earlier today, you you dropped a bombshell of uh, you may have basically undone all of your infrastructure week stuff, correct? Yeah, we, we thought infrastructure week was complete as of Saturday. Um, however, after taking one step forward, um, I've taken one step back. You you now. thought you had built the freeway and we just needed to paint the lines, but now you have to redo everything. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, not everything, um, but but part of it. All right, the floor is yours. Um, so, do you want to start with the fiber stuff, or do you want to start with the Euro stuff? I think it probably do, do makes either... sense to start with the fiber stuff. Sure. Well, what was going to be your question? Did the installation of the fiber somehow bring to light a reason why the arrow wasn't going to work? No. Okay. Yeah. Fiber first then. Um, so the fiber part of this update is actually the the happy part. It it went pretty much flawlessly. Um, you know, so I had a 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. window on Saturday for the um, installer to come out. And so, of course, you know, I was mentally prepared in any situation like this for it to be 1230 and for the guy to still not be there and, you know, have that have that whole thing. But sure enough, at like 920, he pulls up, super friendly guy, looks around. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but there was a little disclaimer that I didn't notice right away, but noticed I don't know when I was maybe double checking the time on the installation or something where it said that it could take up to like four hours. 
Well, yeah, that, that we were we were taking the over and under on whether it would actually take that long. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, well, way under was the was the result, and and the and the guy kind of knew that right away. He sort of looked around and he goes, "Oh, this will be, this will be pretty quick." So he, you know, the, the first part of it was exactly what I thought. He you know taps into the the fiber line out front, brings it to the house. And then, you know, that was the part where I didn't quite know, like, you know, what what was going to happen next or, like, what the setup was going to look like. Um, and, you know, one possibility I thought of after talking to a friend of the show, Troy, about what his fiber setup looks like is that um, they would install um, an ONT, like, on the, on the outside of the house or maybe somewhere, like, just on the inside of the house, which Google tells me is an optical network terminal. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of that is fiber from the street plugs into that. It does its little magic. Out comes Ethernet. And then that's what ultimately then connects to your modem. Um, however, this guy, he... When the after he was finished running the fiber to the house, um, you know, he asked me, okay, you know, where where do you want this to come into the house? And there was a spot on the wall, basically right next to where I had run um, my Ethernet cables a handful of years ago. Can I stop you there real quick? Yeah, I didn't realize you had put in fancy like wall jacks Mm -hmm. or like it. That's that's very nice. Yeah, because I. You know, I, you go back in the archives, I probably describe how I did this, but when I wired our house after <laughs> lots of de- deliberation, I decided that taking the kind of the lazy route and just going around the outside of the house <laughs> was easiest. So I, you know, bought some outdoor rated Ethernet cable and in, in the part of the <clears throat> house where, you know, the, the cables go from the inside to the outside. I, yeah, bought one of the little wall jack thingies. They're actually not, not very fancy when you take them apart. But anyway, they, they look nice. How underneath the wall plate, how elegant is the, the square cutout? It's, it's not bad, actually. It, okay. it was some of my better work, I'd say. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the AT&T installer, you know, after I pointed out on the wall where I wanted this to come in, he drills this just tiny, tiny little hole, which was nice. And then, you know, in comes, and I've, I've sent you some, some reference photos to kind of follow along as I'm describing this. Um, this, you know, kind of like incredibly thin and small wire, something that you, like very akin to a phone cable, basically, in terms of size, like maybe even a little smaller. Um, and, you know, that that was kind of the, the part of the installation. I was then, like, you know, really curious what was going to happen. Like, was he going to bring that into the house and then install some ONT thing and then set up the modem? Or, like, you know, what was this going to end up looking like? Well, it turns out that all he did was, you know, pull pull the fiber through about, you know, 15 feet or so to, to give it some some slack. And then he just terminated the fiber line with this sort of... Um, crazy looking um connector not not really anything like i've seen before it's like this little little square thing that that literally just has like an opening on the end of it and the way it works is when you pull it open like when it's not attached to anything there's this little door on the inside that 
closes. And then when you um, like push it into the the modem, which we'll get to in a second, the little door on the inside opens and the actual like fiber optic line pokes out and then, you know, goes into the, the connector on the back of the modem. So kind of kind of funky, not exactly what I was expecting. Yeah, I have never ever heard of a passive optical network cable. Right. I I hadn't either. Um hmm. and so I, you know, was like, you know, I obviously wasn't gonna badger the installer with like a million questions as he was doing this. Um no. as as again, as we talked about last week, you considered it. I, I considered it and I I decided just to let him do his thing. Um and so um anyway, the the fiber line ended up going just directly into the modem they provided, which which I'll get even more into here in a second. And that was that was it. He, you know, had me download, you know, AT&T's network uh monitor thingy which I could use to, you know, check the status of uh, the connection of the modem to their network, etc. Um, you know, he had me validate that was working. He had me just connect to the the default Wi-Fi that their modem was broadcasting because it's a it's a combination modem router thingy. Um, and that was it. Um, and you know, <clears throat> the other thing that I had him do was just you know install the modem just like on the ground, like close to where it was going. And I I told him like, yeah, you know, I've got kind of a particular setup in my you know tv cabinet here like i'll i'll worry about fishing the cables and all that you know once once you're gone um and so after he left and i kind of wanted to clean everything up and put it where it was actually going that was where i like took a peek at the back of the modem just think like well how like how is this thing like actually working and like like what is this thing and so I looked up the um, <clears throat> the model, and it turns out that it is a, a fiber modem slash router that has a built-in ONT. Hmm. So there's and no so box that, on the outside of your house? No. Cool. So that evidently obviates the need to have, like, a separate ONT. And so so literally the the cable that you see um on the um bottom well there's there's a power cable and then the cable next to that is literally just the fiber line plugging directly into it so what's the the black cable that it looks like it's ethernet port one but it looks like it says five something uh that yeah so that that's ethernet port one which then routes to the Eero. And I think the reason it's labeled 5G is because they offer speeds oh, the up other... to 5 gigabit. So the other ports are just single gig Ethernet ports. Got it. That, that or maybe two and a half. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I guess they probably just use the same box for, you know, whether you're getting one gig down or five gigs down. So they have one port that supports up to five gigs. And so, yeah, that that's what runs to the Euro. So that that was neat, kind of seeing how all that worked. Um, ended up, you know, basically just being cable, right? Like 
line comes out from the street. They, you know, put a small hole in the wall, run the cable through, connect it to the back of the modem, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> so then I, you know, got everything into its kind of permanent place, organized all the wires. And then that, and then this was the next part of the process that I was curious and uncertain about, which was disabling the Wi-Fi and all the kind of router functionality from AT&T's box so that I could instead use my Eero setup. And this is totally something that Eero and AT&T both have like really good documentation on. Like it's something that they totally support and have detailed instructions to follow on how to do this. Um, but I think as I talked about last week, you know, what I was <laughs> kind of concerned about was following those instructions, going to test it, and then having it just not work and having no idea how to troubleshoot it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so follow the directions on at and side to first disable the wireless radios. You know, that was really easy. And then follow the steps to set up um, IP pass-through, I think is what they called it, which, you know, again, not a network engineer, but I, I guess basically just tells the router to, instead of worrying about assigning IP addresses to everything connected to it, instead just basically pass that responsibility to um, whatever other device you have connected to it. And so that's what I did. Rebooted the modem and then plugged in my Eero. And that was all you were supposed to have to do. And sure enough, it just worked. And so the, the, I think the screenshot that I sent you in the, the thingy shows you uh, you know, basically what AT&T sees, which is it, it sees one device connected to the modem and then that's it. Then the Eero kind of handles all of the other devices then connected to it. Not that it actually matters, but do you, do you still like, is it actually, <clears throat> is the combo AT&T box still broadcasting its own Wi-Fi network that's just unused or are no. you able to turn that off? I turned that off. Okay. Yeah. That was step one was turning off the, the Wi-Fi. And then step two was setting up this IP pass through thing. So that, that all worked flawlessly, which was, which was really cool. Um, yeah. so, so, so that's the happy part of the story. <laughs> so the, the less happy part of the story was something that I didn't even mention last week because I kind of just blew it off or maybe in retrospect was wish casting, wish casting. It was just not going to come up again. But, you know, after I had set up the Eros, um the weekend before, you know, I mentioned on the show last week, there was like some weirdness with like the Sonos uh, setup that I had. Um, you but the other... that they were just like thinking they were on their own separate network or they were yeah, yeah. their stuff. But but that, you know, went through the setup thing and then that seemed to be totally fine. But the other thing that I had experienced, which was weird, was that I was getting these random instances, like just over the first day, where either like on my MacBook Pro or on my iPad or my iPhone, it would show that I was connected to my Wi-Fi. But if you were to, you know, go to 
access any website or like do you know anything that would involve being on the internet it just like wouldn't it wouldn't load anything it was almost like you were offline basically um and so i thought well i don't know maybe this is just like some weirdness with you know changing network hardware and so you know i i did the obvious things like i rebooted the eero network and i like rebooted my macbook and rebooted my phone and ipad etc and you know after that first day and after kind of rebooting everything um everything basically seemed fine um but the one thing that kept happening was that the problem that I just described about it looking like I was fully connected, but actually not being able to to do anything on the internet kept happen happening on my iPhone. And it was happening like almost once a day or once every other day. And it's it's been kind of a busy week and I I just I didn't really want to invest a whole lot of time in trying to figure it out um there i will actually there, there was one other part of the story too there was one moment i think it was like the day after i installed the euros where not only my devices but the the lady friend as well was like temporarily unable to basically do anything on the internet and so i i think i rebooted the euro uh network like a second time um, but again, like after doing that, everything seemed okay. Um, but, the, but this iPhone problem persisted and said, it happened again today. And I'm like, all right, I, I, I need to spend a couple minutes seeing if this is like a common thing or like what's going on here. So of course there's a very friendly Euro subreddit because of course there is. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, if you do a search in the Eero subreddit for <laughs> iPhone connectivity issues or something to that effect, you will see many, many people posting like literally exactly the same problem that I've been experiencing. And from what I can tell from the search results, it seems to be for the past like six to 10 months in particular, an issue with iPhones. Like people report exactly the same thing I've been seeing where, you know, if they're a house with a bunch of Apple hardware, like everything else seems fine. Like, you know, MacBook seems fine. iPad seems fine. Like all of their other Wi-Fi connected devices through the house seem fine. Everything that's hardwired seems fine. But it's the iPhone that has this problem where it looks to be connected, but doesn't actually seem to be <laughs> on the internet. And you have to either, you know, turn Wi-Fi on or off or reboot your iPhone for it to come back. And that was exactly what I was experiencing. And so I thought, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, this is also all um, under kind of the, um, or with, with the history of, I guess I should say, you know, a handful of years ago, I, you know, migrated away from Eero for the little Google Wi-Fi things that I've had the past few years for similar types of issues where I, <clears throat> it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly. I'm sure I talked about it on the show, but I, I know for sure, like my iPhone, and I think some of my other devices just would have random connectivity problems. 
So after after reading that Reddit stuff today, I just decided, you know what, I'm I cannot deal with an unreliable network. Um, I've had problems with Eros before. I guess I was hoping that over the years and after multiple hardware iterations, they would be better by now. But it seems like that's not the case. So the did you mute? Oh, did I did I mute myself? Yep. Oh, I did. Where did where when where did I mute myself? About twenty five seconds ago. <laughs> what was the what was the last thing I said? Which one are you? Um. Yeah, I don't did know. I, did, did I say I returned my euros yet? No. Okay. So I think so. Like and thus, you you were pivoting to your next topic or to your, uh, your next part of the story. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So after um, after reading all this Reddit stuff and after having problems with Eros in the past, I decided that I I, I did not want to deal with an unreliable network, and so I I I started a a return for for the Eros back to Amazon. Flawless save. <laughs> Nobody will know. Um, so yes, yeah, so what's the what's the solution? Are you are you did you temporarily re re uh, redeploy the Google Wi Fi's or or what's your permanent solution? So the Eros have they're they're still um, connected um, again because it's been been a busy week. But um, did a little bit of searching uh, first on the wire cutter and then a handful of other places and came across um, um, TP Link. They make a bunch of of networking gear. Like I've I've had switches from them. Um, okay. Do they do they have a mesh? They so they have a uh, a whole mess of of mesh um, <laughs> products. They're, they 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 like they literally have fifteen different can like models and stuff. And they um they came out with a handful of new. Um, products at CES this year and one of the ones that people seem to really like are the um, Deco X55s um, which you know from a hardware perspective basically have all the same like radios and stuff as as these Eros but but the um the hardware has an extra Ethernet port, so there's three instead of two, which is not really something I'm going to probably end up needing, but nice, I guess. Um, and hi, again, highly highly reviewed. Um, everybody says they're stable and and all that. So, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give give these a try. And they're they're, um, they're fifty bucks less than the Eros were, so that's that's kind of nice too. Can I ask an awkward question? Mm-hmm. And feel free to edit this out. Do you ever do you have any concern of um kind of in terms of the the Huawei 5G rollout and stuff? Do you ever have any concerns about the brand and origin of what you're putting into your network? I I think about it. Yeah, but TP TP Link's a pretty reputable brand, aren't they? I mean, as far as insofar as Huawei and ZTE are, which is a yeah. That that that's only my my only hesitation with their equipment is 
like allegedly like it, it does seem reliable and it's always extremely competitively priced but it does have that one lingering concern hmm. yeah i guess i i think about that with sort of like no name stuff but mm. with with name brand stuff I, I don't worry about it too much gotcha um because the only other parallel to that is have you ever heard of a a, a smart home brand called wise Mm, he sounds vaguely familiar yeah yeah i think that one also had similar concerns but yeah but no but is is the did you ever look at the orby thing because so Julia stern was always about that so i i i have i have looked at those in the past and, and i came across them today as well they are they are well reviewed they are quite expensive Got it. But more so than that, they Big. are enormous. Yeah, they yeah, are. They, they chose the different like axis to. They're they're very tall. They're not. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's the thing. Like you know, the, the one of the things that both the the Google Wi Fi thingies that I had and the Eros as well is that they're they're small. Like you you mm-hmm. put them you put them on a cabinet or on a desk or whatever, and they're just they're tiny, and you kind of just forget about them. Well, yeah, but if you and, look at this at this thing, it kind of looks like if you installed this throughout your house, it would look like you had like little uh, Tesla uh, charging station <laughs> in every room. Right. Yeah. Um. So that that was another big draw with the the TP Link setup is that they're they're really small, um, and just you know generally sort of unobtrusive. So. Oh, cool! I I hope it works out. And it's really weird for um, for ear to have that persistent a bug. Because I remember a few years ago, you'd mentioned that you had something similar, but it was mm-hmm. that, and I think it, I, it might have been centering around Wi-Fi calling mostly. That where no, like they a, they weren't doing the handoff right between mesh nodes. That was another known Eero issue that I never particularly had problems with, but but yeah, at the time that I previously had Eros, that was definitely a, a thing. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's very very weird. Um, I mean, you you literally spend you know five minutes on the Eero subreddit, and it's just full of people having connectivity problems, primarily with iPhones. Um, yeah, so. So yeah, um, so that that either tomorrow or sometime in the next couple of days, I'll pull all the Euro stuff out, set up this TP Link stuff, probably have my Sonos system freak out again, <laughs> um, and see see how it goes. Yeah, and then you you hit on a, a, a tangentially related. You hit on a good um, life pro tip, which is whenever you're having just kind of a weird issue or you just want to get real world experiences about stuff just google your problem and then just type the word reddit in it mm-hmm. and you'll get and you can all like see what the post dates were and see if this is a thing people are experiencing like regardless of what it is in life yeah usually you can find non-toxic parts of reddit well and the, the thing that really like i don't know just like like really struck me when i did that was like one of the very first posts i came across which was from a couple of months ago was literally like almost word for word what I what I would have written <laughs> if if I was going to be posting for some advice, and you know again like it was from a couple of months ago, so I, I thought like oh, okay, well this is not some new problem that maybe will be fixed in short order or something, because uh, yeah, like the, the and the thing I was thinking about 
um, was that, you know, the, the Google Wi-Fi things, like even though I, I've kind of soured on them from a software perspective and with Google, you know, killing the standalone management app and folding all that stuff into their lame home app. The, the thing about those Google Wi-Fi routers was that I, I just never thought about them. Like they were just so rock solid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think I like ever had to like power cycle them or like do anything with them. Like they just, they just worked. And, you know, in, in this first week of having these Euro routers, I was, you know, like I said, I, I like rebooted them twice, did all kinds of turning Wi-Fi on and off with my devices, like all this weird stuff. Um, and that's what I really want is just something that's stable, like the Google Wi-Fi things well, were. And the part that's weird about that is that the post date on the Reddit thing is like that that spans beyond the new generation, like because the new Eros just came out. So it's, yeah, it it's, seems it's like it, it, it's across models and like software versions where that's that's weird. Seems very software driven. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Kind of disappointing. Um. But you know the cool thing is is having fiber now. Like I mean, I, I sent you a screenshot mm. from one of the first speed tests and mm. <laughs> seeing your mm. seeing your upload speeds be a gig is um <laughs> pretty rad. I think um, that that makes it legally like you, you you have no device in your house has the option or has an excuse to not be backing up to the cloud. To- totally. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that part's that part's pretty neat. Um, and then the, I guess the other shoe to drop this week was um, jumped back on the YouTube TV bandwagon because I you know called in and canceled all of my Comcast services. And, you know, I mean, we'll check back in on this in a while, but kind of don't mind YouTube TV. Like, very, <laughs> very responsive, which I really like. Because like, that was, I mean, and part of this is maybe because I'm coming off of Comcast's just horrendous box and software. But I don't know. The, the thing that, that I really like about YouTube TV is, I mean, you're, you're in the app and watching what you want to watch you know it almost instantaneously um which which i which i really like so more to come on that maybe but um glad to be off of the the comcast stuff well but what was your what was your reason for ditching it because i I know it wasn't just bundling again no it it, it was they i just i just got a i got a, a really good offer in the mail for you know gig internet service and tv and just got kind of suckered into that but and Mm. and well and and you know that happened you know before fiber was available in my neighborhood and once fiber became available i mean it at&t it's it's 80 bucks a month for their gig service which is crazy um and so you know now and no data caps yeah so now uh, now with fiber and YouTube TV, I'm paying like a few bucks less per month than I was on that special Comcast price. So, you know, fiber, fiber coming into the equation is kind of what changed things. It turns out, Carlos, uh, competition, uh, is a, is a good thing in a free market. 
Uh, tell that to the FTC <laughs> and the FCC. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 I'm happy for you with the, with the fiber thing. I, I those upload speeds, man, mm-hmm. should be criminal. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty good. All right. Um, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quickie. Uh, my, the battery on my Kindle is, uh, basically almost entirely gone where it can die in like just a, a plane flight. Like if, if I'm, if I'm at a good clip reading a book, like it can die after me, I guess like t- 250 page turns. And I don't know what to do because the one that I, it's out of, it's out of warranty. Of course, I cannot find a place like Amazon. I don't think allows you to send it in for a battery replacement. And there is no new fan, no newer fancy Kindle. And I don't want so to how, how how many years old is the Oasis now? I think mine personally is two years. I think it hasn't been updated in like three or three and a half. Like well, no, they they did update it with one that has a um kind of what's the term? I mean Apple calls it true tone, but the thing where it'll ad- adjust the color temperature of the backlight. Mm-hmm. Like there is they, one they just version call it- one. In a, in a very Amazon way, they just call it Kindle Oasis Dash with adjustable warm light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. So that's, it's weird because Amazon with all of their other Kindles and actually with most of their hardware in general, they're very aggressive and regular about updating the hardware. Like at least once a year basically mm-hmm. um and yeah not the case with the oasis which is strange and here's like i don't the the paper white doesn't feel i know this is a very shallow thing, but it doesn't feel premium like it is like it's uh, the the kindle is a thing, it's a thing that you hold like so like it just all the time so therefore like it is nice for it to feel nice but the the new paper white has USB-C on it, so it would address one of my huge complaints, but it just doesn't feel or look very nice. So I don't know. I don't I don't I do not know what to do with this. Yeah, people people having strong opinions about e-readers is actually something that makes sense to me because I do feel like the well, I guess no pun intended, the the, the feel of mm-hmm. the device really matters a lot more than it does with some other devices i don't know if i'm explaining yeah. that well no you're well, absolutely right but... it's the same thing like i mean if like just like iphones feel nice like the materials do matter but i think mm-hmm. with a kindle like that matters even more so because it's it's just you and the text and that's, it's so that's minimalist the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that's the whole thing about e, uh, e-readers and i'm not gonna be uh, like no no shade on on jason but like I'm not going to be somebody who uses a, a Rakuten Kobo. Like that's not a thing that I'm going to entertain. I don't know. Yeah, he's 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 really into the Kobo thing. Yeah. Although I'm I'm but like this everybody should take what I say with a grain of salt cuz I'm the idiot that bought the cellular enabled Kindle Oasis for no good reason. Just cuz I I don't know when when am I ever without Wi-Fi. So, yeah. I know. I I'm I I feel silly for having a cellular iPad these days because yeah like when when am I ever not on Wi-Fi? Wait, you bought a cellular iPad? You never do. 
you know, yeah, historically I hadn't, but this um, 11-inch iPad Pro that I bought, uh, God, is that, is that going on four years old now? I think I, I think I bought it in 2018. Did you, did you have the very first Face ID one? Yes. Okay, 2018 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I opted for cellular, and that, that was mostly because at the time I was... Um, you know, commuting on the ferry. And so, and now that was the device that I was using on, on the ferry. And I didn't, I didn't want to deal with, you know, hotspotting to my iPhone every day and having it do the thing where it fails the first time and then having to try a second time. Well, actually, um, on that note, can I give Apple a very, very, very small about of credit? Is that that, at least with the, 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 the MacBook Pro or the Notchbook Pro, it's, kind of nine out of ten times it, it no it it, it's it does better. it does work really well now even on non-apple devices we have um kind of a funny setup when we're staying with my grandma where she doesn't she doesn't have internet she just has <laughs> she just has an iphone and yeah. that's you know that 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 Makes suits sense. her suits her needs um and we have um, that little Roku stick thing that I've talked about before that we bring when we're traveling. And that's kind of what we use to, to you know, watch TV when we're on the road. And so when we're at my grandma's, I, you know, plug the Roku stick into her TV and then, you know, uh, turn on hotspot on my, either my iPhone or my iPad and, and connect the Roku to that. And it, it works great. I mean, you really, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know you weren't on Wi-Fi basically. That's the power of AT and T five G E. No, just yeah. just five just five G. Now that I'm on their five G plan, my phone no longer says five G E. But it's it not five G plus, which is the good one. It it just it just says five G, which seems exactly like LTE, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, hopefully, like maybe uh, I have a bunch of Amazon listening devices in my house. Hey Jeff, go. Release into the Kindle, please. Um, it seems. I mean, God, it seems. It seems like they've got to update that thing. Like, what, what, what's Amazon's next hardware event? Like, get get German on the phone. He 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 follows this stuff. Like, it seems like that's got to be coming. Because yeah, I mean, this. So even this one with uh, adjustable warm light, which. I think is a bug, not a feature, but, um, Amazon always, they post the date first available, which, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I think even, even this is 20, 2019. So yeah, it's, it's old. I think, I think you might be muted now. Hey. <laughs> um this is this is this is a, a slapdash operation i'm sorry um anyway the stuff i said while i was on mute you know what? people can see how the sausage is made you do have to scroll quite a bit to see the uh um first introduced state but also if we go to the top reviews in the united states um uh quote micro usb is not acceptable writes richard nathan uh back in 2019 damn right co-signed or co-sponsored richard I just, I don't know. And also the other part is that the Kindle Oasis is their most expensive and um, like most premium one. And yet they still pull the dumb shit with the, 
you have to pay $20 to get it without ads. On the Paperwhite, that's acceptable. Just make it cost $269. If somebody's choosing to not buy the, the Paperwhite that's like $100, like just assume they don't want ads. <sighs> yeah, the, 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 the pricing on the, the Oasis is tough. Like the the cellular version, which which at least they have, <laughs> at least they sell that one just with no ads. Um, three forty nine. That's mm, for a three year old device. That's that's tough. Because even I mean, even for a brand new e reader, I mean that's. That's asking a lot, right? And like maybe for someone like you who well, yeah, like, it reads a lot and is passionate about e-readers, like I, like I get it, but but for normies, no, no, yeah. And also, if you, like on the Kindle Warm Light page, the the one with the, they're illustrating kind of the color temperature of the thing, like why is the hero image something that looks like the like color of the U.S. Constitution? Like no, it, it's, it's so I, yellow. I I mean we we've talked about this so many times. Like the the, the true tone thing to me, I. With a new Apple device, I mean that immediately I, gets turned off. I leave it on on the on the the Notchbook Pro <sighs> because, but that's because I don't edit photos on it uh, most of the time. But sometimes it's nice. The one actually one again one one uh, quality of life benefit of the the new uh, M1 laptops is the um, I feel like the the brightness sensor on the screen. Is dramatically better than it's been in prior generations. I normally turn off the auto brightness adjustment. It works pretty well. Hmm. But yeah, anyway, Kindle, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. All right. We will kick the can down the road on the fries thing for another week. Because we'll, let's make this a tight show. But that's something that we do need to get back to. Can I, can I actually share something interesting that I just realized related to True Tone? Sure. So... I'm talking to you on what formerly used to be my work laptop, which is now my mm -hmm. personal laptop. Mm -hmm. And I, w I was just thinking as we were talking, like, so when it, when it became my personal laptop, I, the instructions were to just basically reinstall macOS and that would, you know, get all the, the corporate then, stuff off of it, mm -hmm. which I did. And I, I just realized like, huh, I don't know if I ever actually turned True Tone off um when i did that or like after you know it had reinstalled mac os mm -hmm. so i went to look at that just now and i saw that um on the built-in display which is where you know true tone is a checkbox it, it was turned on so i just went to turn it off and it it impacts the dell monitor that i have connected to it as well hmm so evidently, when you have True Tone turned on, and then when you have your laptop connected to an external monitor, it it I guess it passes that color information to the monitor. Or, I mean, my my Dell monitor is a USB C monitor. I don't know if that plays a part. Like, I don't know if you could just connect it via HDMI or something. If it would still do that, but um, but yeah, that weird I, I didn't i wouldn't have guessed that true tone would have carried into an external display hmm. uh, but anyway also well, i turned it off and my monitor looks way better so there we go 
thought you were going to say it looks insanely blue. Because that's uh, it, does, it you... does look blue and brighter, but it, I think those are positives, not negatives. Oh, but wait, so you have it turned off on your iPhone as well? I, I have it turned off on everything. Okay. I don't have True Tone turned on on any of my devices. <sighs> that's really that's 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 quite interesting. Because I, I do leave it on on my iPhone and iPad, and turn it, and I have it definitely like when, because color accuracy matters on my desktop computer. I have it turned off, but I will frequently have the thing where I'm staring. I've been staring at my phone for a while, and then I look at my iMac. And I'm like, oh goodness, this is so blue. Well, so that's that's part of why I don't care for it is because if you transition to a non-true tone device, it's very jarring. But I mean, now realizing that true tone evidently carries into my display. Basically, every screen I ever look at does have True Tone now, apparently. Um, so, but it's, I don't. Eh, anyway, I, I I don't. It it's not that heavy handed. Ooh, I I disagree. Like as mm. as I'm sitting here turning it on and off on my display, it's it's a it's a pretty dramatic difference. Mm. Okay, I agree to disagree. All right, but yeah, so we will get back to. Uh, fries and American chips another day. Uh, so let's keep kicking it down the road. Um, the iPod is uh, end of life. Uh, it had been mostly discontinued for a while. Like I guess they just had a whole bunch of a eight. When when did the most when the last iPod iPod it's touch been, it's most been recent been generation? years. I'm so I'm I'm very curious if the reason it doesn't exist anymore is just because they're not making any more of the processor. Oh, it's an A10. So even the studio display doesn't that have like an A11 in it? I think it's like an A13 actually. <laughs> so I think honestly that's most of it. Um but yeah, I, I the iPod's dead. Like the iPod Classic has been discontinued for like at least 5 years. The iPod Nano was gone. That was that was the weird one where people started like tried to make it an, be an Apple Watch before Apple Watches existed and it's yeah, it's an end of an era. But also, did you read the press release? Uh, I I did not. No. It is so and apparently the press release site is not newsroom.apple.com. Okay. That was a solid guess. Um yeah, the the title is "The Music Lives On." iPod Touch will be available while supplies last, and like it's it's fine, but it has this one quote that I find so weird. So uh, this is from Greg Joswiak. Quote: Today, the spirit of iPod lives on. We've integrated an incredible music experience across all of our products, from the iPhone to the Apple Watch to HomePod Mini, across Mac, iPad, and Apple TV. And Apple Music delivers industry-leading sound quality with support for spatial audio. Uh, M dash. There's no better way to enjoy, comma, discover, comma, and experience music. Nobody talks like that. Like, this is just the weirdest way to say that this product's been discontinued where it sounds like an ad for something else. It's just even, even in front of the show, Jason Snell, like, highlight, like, just, it's such a weird press release. And it barely even says, like, hey, the iPad's over with. It's just like, while supplies last, you can get the super old iPod touch. I would say one of the arguably few positive things about our current era is I feel like mm. there's definitely been 
kind of a rejection of this sort of corporate speak, like in a way that people maybe would have just kind of accepted years ago, but now people just look at this and go, come on. Yes, but, and okay, so so you're taking this to not be about the iPod at all, which which I don't mind, but the uh, the opposite side of that is that brands that are, and we talked about this last week, kind of a, a tiny bit, uh, comparing Slack to that weird hotel, which is that sometimes brands try to be super, super conversational and not mm. corporate-y. And there's like some brands do a good job of striking a balance and some of them are uh, less successful. Some of them are uh, Microsoft with Windows. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's wrong with that? They're appropriately uh, they... corporate. Mm, I, if you if you ever set up a new Windows PC or set up a oh new is Xbox, it the thing where no I have where it's all like it's just like hey Ryan what's up well do you, they, do, they do you want do, to log into your Microsoft account and cool. they 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 use emoji weaking emoji no like no not even no no emoticons, no no it's like, just it's the the semicolon and the yeah. smiley face and that's mm-hmm. that's the logo for is it called Windows Hello which is <laughs> the one where it's not it's kind of like Face ID but it's not. It is called Windows I no, Hello. I have no idea. Why do I know as much about PCs when I don't have I, when I regular? Well, actually, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Mike. Okay, so Microsoft's kind of bad, and I, I, you, you did bring back weird memories of. I think it was like six months ago. I was helping somebody set up like a their like Windows ten laptop, and yeah, the onboarding process is oh, it's a bad. fucking nightmare. It's it's bad. Yeah, and has not gotten has not gotten better over the years. And it is so hard to not log into whatever the like is it just a microsoft account like oh, it yeah, wants they, you so badly to be logged into that they they want they want to get you on the free trial of office they want to get you backing up to OneDrive. yeah they they want um what what the heck's their default browser called now it's not oh, an explorer anymore it's, uh, it's, uh microsoft uh, edge no yes. no they i think my, I, I think that it's not called that did anymore they re- either rebranded again well they you know, it's called they re- it's called edge yeah, they they really want you to use that. Um, yeah, and one it the the crazy thing with Windows too, is, and I actually I think Mac OS maybe does this too, is when they do really big like point releases, they mm-hmm. actually basically have you go through that setup again. Oh it's yeah, like, when, like we're when, like well, when, no, that, when there's that, a big Windows release, it 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 goes, hey, did you want to back up to OneDrive? And well, no, but it's, but it's like not no, even... I told you I didn't want to before. Well, they're just trying to make sure you didn't forget. Are you sure you didn't want the uh, rental insurance? <laughs> right. But no, but this is the thing. This happens to me regularly on many Apple devices, which is you accidentally, you, you didn't really mean to, but you accidentally said, okay, install the latest update. Uh, please don't hack me. But then it reboots and then you're like, oh shit, did I somehow like erase my computer? Why is it doing the setup like this is like a brand mm-hmm. new computer? And it's terrifying. And iOS does this sometimes too, where it'll bring you back to that white setup screen where it says hello in a bunch of languages. Like, what is this? And then it's like, hey, are you sure you don't want to? It's always, what's the one it's asking me about? Oh, because I refuse to get an Apple card and use Apple Pay Cash or whatever it's called these days. You get get 3% cash back, Carlos. No, no. Stop being a bank. Stop it, Apple. No. Sounds like they're going to be more of a bank here pretty soon. Well, okay. Can we, so... All right, so iPod's dead. So there's two things we need to get back to. I know you didn't read, you didn't end up ever end up reading the whole uh, Johnny Ive New York Times thing, right? I did not. No. Okay, so the guy that wrote that 
he used to work for the Wall Street Journal, and then he got um, poached by the Times. And apparently, this is kind of a Mike Isaacy thing, where he he actually wrote a book, and what he's writing, which is a book all about new Apple, and also to an extent, like it's mostly focused half on Tim Cook, half on Johnny Ive. Yeah, but if if Jason Snell is to believe, he can, the comparison to Mike Isaac is not very good because apparently he's not. Oh no, I would agree. He's not very good. It sounds like I would agree. Or, or his 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 reporting his seems to be pretty shallow. So two things with that. So one, there was a good episode of Recode Media where I think the author's name is Trip Mickle, and no, he. Yeah. Uh, Peter Kafka actually seems to vouch for his reporting a bit i would not say that he is mike isaac level but in terms of the reporting going hand in hand with a book only to that degree would i say that but the one thing that actually this this was during that episode of recode media that kind of made sense to me when they were talking about tim cook and the direction of like why services matter so much i i don't remember having heard this anywhere else is that the reason why Tim Cook pushed so hard for services is because he point blank said that, hey, we're not going to have something that's going to be the next iPhone. We're never going to have a, a hit as big as that. So services will be that iPhone for us. And that actually makes it make way more sense. Mm-hmm. I still um, fundamentally kind of disagree with that and as a consumer, but it kind of makes sense. And and I've never heard anybody succinctly explain why Apple's pushing so hard for services. It's because they acknowledge that, yeah, there's not going to be another hardware thing that's going to be fifty percent of the business, right? Um, but there was one other thing. iPod's dead. Yeah, I don't know. That's mostly it. Uh, the the thing that stood out to me when I was reading this um, TechCrunch article that'll be in the notes is um, I had kind of forgotten how quickly the iPod Touch got introduced after the iPhone. Oh, it, yeah. it was the sa- same year, two thousand seven. Wait, what? Yeah, because you know, remember what they did. That this was all coming back to me. They announced the iPhone at MacWorld Expo in like January. It came out in June. And then in like September, they remember they cut the price of the iPhone, which everybody was pissed off about. And then they introduced the iPod Touch. Are you sure about the iPod Touch was introduced in 2007? Yeah. Well, no, but the part of that that doesn't, then I I just mentally can't picture because I very, very, very much know what the iPod or what the original iPhone looked like. And I don't remember any iPod Touch that looked like that. So what did the original I, iPod Touch look like? I, I I think it just looked like an iPhone. But I mean, it it had it it had to have because I mean, the, there wasn't even a second iPhone at that point. Are you are you are you frantically looking through the uh, Wikipedia? No, <laughs> iPod I, I Touch found page it. Up? But this uh, copy image address tab. like, but the iPod Touch looks more modern than the phone. Like, because uh, that looks much no, more. I mean that 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 looks exactly like the phone. It's just the 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 
black part on the back for the antenna is is in the upper corner and is smaller, whereas on the original iPhone it was like the whole bottom third of the phone i guess my, my point would just be that this looks this looks like it was ex- inspired by the 3g and 3gs not the original iphone yet it was released before the 3g i i, I don't know hmm. my memory is that this seems to just look a look like a original iphone hmm. but yeah but yeah um, anyway that, yeah that's super interesting yeah um and I remember, yeah, I guess didn't, it, it, didn't John it, Syracuse like refuse to get a smartphone for a while and carried an iPod Touch on like a flip phone? I, that sounds like <laughs> a very awesome. John Syracusean kind of thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I had it in my head that the iPod Touch, like, I had thought the way it was was that when the iPhone got introduced, lots of people were like, "Oh, I wish they would just do like a non-phone version of it." And well, then, for and kids. then they, yeah, and then, and then they did it but i I, did, I didn't realize it was so fast like it was literally months after the iphone came out um yeah 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 i never never owned an ipod touch well why yeah i mean yeah <laughs> right um i mean I, I bought i bought your original iphone so that was that was what i needed i did it replaced uh what was it called the t-mobile g2 what was the, the I don't think I I don't think I ever had one of those. Was but was that what it's called? Yeah, the G two. Yeah. Oh, weird. Then I, I yeah, I bought your iPhone and then jailbroke it so I could run it on T Mobile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, good good times. Yep. Uh and let's not do the math and think about how long ago that was because being oh, old sucks. Oh my goodness. Stop I, it. Hey. Uh, uh, I bought that from you. Stop about the numbers. Hey, you're bad with numbers. I remember the the cool thing, so not not um <laughs> not talk thinking about the age, but the the cool thing for me was I bought that iPhone from you, I think like a week before the app store launched. And so, like, I my I basically got to use the App Store you know, almost from day one, having an iPhone, and I, I remember that was pretty cool. Because that that first year of the iPhone was weird, not having an App Store. Like, that it, it, it's weird to me that the iPod Touch came out before the App Store launch. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that I don't remember caring too much about the the biggest things was just that like it didn't. It the how do we how do we somehow start talking about the history of the iPhone? Um, that it didn't have real GPS for like like it had a mapping application, and it vaguely sort of knew where you were, but it wasn't real GPS, and it worked so poorly. I don't know, but like yeah, it, it the, yeah the original iPhone was, was very was very flawed, but um. And then, but they did uh, luckily come up with the sweet solution of uh, rich web apps. So, yeah. <clears throat> so All looking, right. looking at Apple's website, are these are these things like already sold out? Are you looking for one for the uh, housemates? No, no. Apple.com/slash/ipod. Uh, yeah. Fun at it's... full speed. What does that mean? <laughs> Click buy. Nope, you can still buy them. No, you you can click that, but then when you go to actually delivery sold out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look for that product red. I think that's probably the least popular one. No, there. That's. It seems like they're all sold out. I I, I could see. I, I can already see the stories of 
these all being sold out today and like six months from now, these things are selling for, you know, two X what they sold for I new. Do, do you know the, that that's so a story we never talked about is the whole stupid, like, uh, Oh, home pods are selling for more than they oh. used to. I, yeah, that, that, that's my reaction, which is that, no, I'm so, uh, like, so sure. Maybe like warranty replacements are not available. And there's like fucking like a, a two Marcos in the world that are super into it because they don't trust Amazon, which I don't, I don't really trust Amazon either. But like, the fact like that's not people are acting like that's some validation of the home pod no like it's it's a speaker that sounds okay like it's better than average it certainly sounds better than the home pod mini which sounds terrible that is not a vindication of the home pod and now that there's like some missing market segment because unless siri gets way better real fast like i still and i bring this up all the time to people like who are like oh yeah it, that uh, siri is great if you ask your iphone right now what's the weather like in yosemite it will tell you Yosemite, Kentucky, even if you are in Northern California. And it's been that way for six months. It's just, it's, it's so bad. So no, the HomePods are not like, um, uh, what's like appreciating, like what's, what's the word for a thing that appreciates in value? Uh, is, is there, is there a phrase for that? Well, yeah. What's, what's a valuable thing? An heirloom. Yeah, the, there we go. Yeah, it's 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 not yeah, it's not like it's not fine wine. It's it's just a shitty speaker. <laughs> uh like the but again, like this fourteen inch MacBook Pro with the M one Max, that that is gonna age very, very well. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna it's got a keyboard made, uh, built for life. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Friend of the show, Ming Chi Kuo is suggesting that the not this year's iPhone but next year's iPhone is going to very likely have USB-C. Exciting. Yeah, I mean that that checks out to me. Like I, I like I I don't know. It it seems to me that like like what is what is restricting the iPhone to lightning doing for Apple? uh lock in with mfi yeah but i mean how how much revenue is that bringing in like even, no, no, even no, by no, apple I don't, I don't standards even, well no, i don't even can't. think it's that much but i i think it's more that apple likes not having that level of interoperability yeah i but i i, I don't know i i could see i could see the iphone going USB-C. that would that would make sense to me I think, well, I mean, I think it does. And also didn't like the, the EU has passed a lot of like dumb, uh, tech, uh, regulation recently. And I think one of them is like them, like legally trying to mandate the design of the iPhone and saying that everything has to use USB-C, which also one makes no sense because what happens when something needs to replace USB-C? Like, you, you, do you have to go share your plans with the government to be like, hey, here's the new connector? Like, that's n- no. But I do think this that heads that off a little bit and does like the, the fact that the iPad Pro, actually, uh, the iPad Air also does USB-C, but the, the standard like low end iPad doesn't. The fact that that has to charge and sync with a different cable than the highest end phone makes no sense. And also USB-C to lightning cables are very confusing cables for most 
regular people. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, I mean, kind of an improvement, but I mean, I also like, I don't, I, I, this isn't one of those like hashtag finally things, but it's just no, cool. And then actually uh, talking about Siri, um, so, and, and actually tying back to earlier today, talking about Sonos, uh, allegedly Sonos is going to be rolling out its own voice assistant to all like current generation or currently manufactured products that will allow it to control what's the name of the Sonos radio thing? Is it just called Sonos radio? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. I think, I think my response to you and the thing was what, problem is this looking to solve they already integrate with alex you know or amazon's thing and whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. so i'm sorry i scrolled down in this verge article there's a reason this exists now i'm on board with this now gus fring is the voice of the sonos assistant oh. okay i'm on board no no this is cool now Okay, I yeah, no, thank thank you for for stopping me before going any further. I'm also on board with this. <laughs> hey Sonos, order uh Los Pueblos Hermanos. <laughs> um is that the best possible segue to talk about breaking it's, or, it's, we it's, will we will maybe circle back to the to the uh Peloton thing. But yeah, let's talk about and I'm gonna delegate this to you because uh I am consistently on the show so bad at recapping TV or ever explaining my thoughts about TV. So you're much better at framing that. So last week I had not watched uh, episodes three and four of the current season. Episode five was this Monday of this week. So mm-hmm. we've got three episodes to catch up on. Are you all caught up? I am. Mm-hmm. All right. Please tee it up. Well, I mean, yeah, this, this season's been pretty focused in the sense that there, there's really, well, I there there was three storylines. There's really now only two. Um, so I, I guess we can start by talking about the storyline that that really is no longer a storyline, which is which is poor Nacho. Um, so he, I mean, he ended up you know being being killed in kind of kind of a um. I don't know. His his storyline was was kind of weird. Like I I guess what they were going for was Gus in a rare moment where he was kind of rattled and and sort of instead of having a clear really well thought out plan was kind of almost going back and forth as to what he wanted to to do with him and ultimately decided to basically bring him in make it look like you know he had been captured in exchange for protecting his his dad Mm -hmm. um but you know i i think his storyline even though i think it was maybe i don't know felt a little clumsy at times maybe like the, the thing that it did do was sort of um i think connect to breaking bad in the sense that it it 
it put Hector and Gus in a place where they still, you know, they, they don't like each other in Breaking Bad, but it's, it's, um, it's more and it, it, it's not outright hostile in the way that you would have expected it to be if you just thought that, you know, Hector thought that Gus was exclusively behind trying to go after Lalo. Like the fact that um, Nacho kind of fell on the sword a bit there, um, I think makes it so that, you know, Hector and Gus, while they still don't like each other, at least, you know, aren't trying to always go after each other in Breaking Bad. And during the, well, because the, the only weird part is that the speech or the, or kind of the explanation that Nacho gives during the, uh, like final moments, kind of uh, like I, I guess necessarily didn't like ring true. I mean, just because because I mean, well, because he was lying the whole time. But I don't know. Like it was. I don't know. It, it 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 felt a little bit weird, and it felt like a little bit anticlimactic. I just I I want better for the character, I guess. But he there wasn't really another solution, I guess. Yeah. Uh but no, fantastic actor, and I'm I'm glad he got. I mean, you know, he he got pretty far into the series when that could have been mm-hmm. shorter lived. I'm not really sure there would have been some place for him to fit beyond this, but right. Yeah. Um, going back to the Breaking Bad part of it, the the reason, um, because well, actually because when Nacho was explaining it, he didn't he say that he switched pills and that's why. Um, well, he 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 did. Did he? Hmm. Yeah. No, that that part was true. Okay, then what am I thinking about? Do you remember that one time in Breaking Bad where there was like the whole one of the episodes where like the first fifteen minutes is a flashback. Where what was the thing where like they were having a party at Don Hector's house and everything like some something uh, I'm not explaining it. You you asking me to remember what happened in Breaking Bad is a is a stretch. I feel like I'm misremembering, or I thought there were two explanations for why um, Don Hector's in a wheelchair. But anyway, the the closer that Better Call Saul gets to concluding, the more I want to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad. Yeah, but that's a lot of TV. It is. It's like I'm, seven I'm, years. I'm probably not going to. Yeah, just rewatch Mad Men again. Um. Well, no, you're still not up to date on Succession, so there. Let's let's prioritize that. But then the other two. So th- so that's that's storyline one of three. So the yep. other two being. Well, what are the other two? Is it is it Jimmy and Kim, and then Jimmy and uh, Howard, or what's what's the third one? Or is no, it just it, it, Gus it's, in general? It's, it's it's Jimmy, Kim, and Howard, and then it's it's well, it's it's Lalo basically. Well, c- can we talk about a little bit about paranoid Gus? Mm-hmm. Do you buy that? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, because in in the three episodes we've watched since we last talked, also, also spoiler alert to anybody <laughs> still listening, but he we we get this look of Gus's house, and that it looks like he one he has like a large security detail, but he also has maybe like a placeholder family living with him that you don't at least right now we have not been told whether or not that is his actual family. And 
his house has like secret mazes and like hidden like doors like i don't know where i just feel like they didn't build up to that where that actually rings true like i don't i don't know like this season has a lot of stuff where it maybe feels like there isn't enough explanation or there wasn't enough set up to make the current situation believable like do you 100 percent buy the home life exposition i do I i think gus's whole thing is that he really through breaking bad seems like a type the type of person who basically never makes a mistake Mm -hmm. and you know he made a mistake here going after lalo right and so i think he's he's super rattled and it's just kind of off um off track a bit or i guess so yeah yes but his this this house and the like the possible placeholder family like that's not something that has happened overnight so i guess like him being as paranoid or that security conscious before this was never ever explained or or suggested no i i i buy that yeah no i i buy that as part of his character Hmm. okay but yeah uh but in terms of that i there's been there's been a lot of really good mic moments recently his conversation in the cafe or the diner with Kim. Very, very good. Kim has been very good this season as well. Although going back to the, uh, the Kim thing is that, and we talked about this offline online, which is that her moral descent, like hasn't necessarily been that well explained or there's not really the, like the motivation has not been, adequately conveyed and i don't know i I feel like she's her character is not being done justice in that way either i don't know yeah i i agree especially and i I think it stands in contrast to jimmy slash saul where i mean that's been one of the things that's been most impressive about the show is you know we went into it thinking that this was just going to be sort of like the you know the um, chronicles of saul goodman but instead it's been this you know really interesting sort of you know background as to how jimmy became saul um like i mean i don't even think in breaking bad we didn't even know that saul's real name was jimmy right no um, not at all yeah so like the, the 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 depth that they've gone and the um you know pains they've gone through showing the evolution of how Jimmy became Saul has been been one of the best parts of the show and with Kim they just haven't they haven't given her character that same level of care which i agree is a little a little disappointing and it, it you know this is this is a problem that i think almost every show runs into i mean even even this even happened in breaking bad which by and large, had I thought a really good last season, but as it got towards the end, it it was rushed. Mm-hmm. Like you remember, like um, um, Walter, like he like he goes to the woods, but then like mm-hmm. that only lasts like an episode, and then like he comes back. Like it did kind of scramble at the end to finish and. 
it does maybe feel a little bit like that's what's happening here too, which again, I think maybe just happens to any show, which is where you decide this is your last season. And then it's like, okay, well, shit, we got to, we got to wrap everything up here. Well, but then, I mean, you can also just ignore, and I guess this is the, to the Howard storyline, maybe it's just because there isn't any resolution there yet. And maybe there's just going to be some twist or some, some type of, uh, some type of, developments there that make it worthwhile but it kind of feels like they're spending a lot of time with somebody that doesn't nece- isn't necessarily going to pay off it, or is not actually necessarily that interesting why well, and i think i think yeah and i i'm willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt here and i i feel like this most recent episode was sort of a a sign that maybe we're headed in the right direction in the sense that they're they're not just going to do like the expected thing like, mm-hmm. so like, and what I mean is Lalo, right? Like we've been, it's been sort of like set up these last couple of episodes where it's like, oh, you know, Lalo's just going to like pop up somewhere and get his revenge. But I mean, the dude's, the, the dude's in Germany, like he's not anywhere near any of these characters and he's, he's going down a very different path than like what the obvious one would be. And so I'm, I'm willing to buy into the idea that the storylines they're setting up aren't just going to play out in the obvious way and that they're going to lead to something unexpected. Like I, I would be at this point, I'd be very surprised if like Lalo comes back and kills Kim. Like that just doesn't, that seems too on the nose. Oh, sure. Like, and, and I, I do have complete confidence that there, that the um, Salamanca storyline will pay off. It's the Jimmy Howard distraction right now that I don't necessarily see where it's going. Because I mean, it's it's obviously like it's not that like Jimmy ends up in jail or something. I mean, we we know that that's not the case. So if he somehow finds that like Howard has um, people tailing him, who finds like evidence that he is associating with like known bad actors and stuff like that, like I that w- if that actually ev- ends up paying off, that would have that that stops linking with breaking bad. Mm. So I don't know. Like I I'm I'm still very 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 much enjoying it. I'm just enjoying certain parts of the show more than others. And again just because uh Kim had so many good seasons of this extremely strong work, I'm 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 just bummed that I feel like maybe her character is not being well served by what I've seen so far. But again, still still loving it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, there, there's only two more episodes before it goes back on a break. But you had said that it's only going it's away short. for like a month. Yeah, it it comes back. It's got two more episodes, and then it comes back like early part of July, I think. Yeah, but no. Oh man, I almost screamed at the TV uh, when I when I saw Lalo come back. I was like, that was because it was earlier than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I was expecting for yeah. just to lay low for an extremely long amount of time. And it took but, me then, minutes. but then, in, in the in the way he comes back too, it's like, oh, he's not even in the U.S. Yeah, he's, he's been very fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a minute. I did a uh, place, um, Verner's uh, widow, um, before she mentioned his name, but it it took me a while. So, can you remind me how did how did Lalo know about 
Werner. Well, do you remember they, he was, so Mike and him were kind of, so, so Mike a couple of seasons ago was, or Werner was the one who was helping build yeah. the massive, right. like what ends up becoming, as it called, like Lavanderia or like the big underground meth factory. Yep. And there was the thing where Werner was feeling stressed out and wanted to go take a vacation with his wife. And that's where Lalo catches up with him. And then he, they, he kills the guy at like the oh, rental car or travel agency. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's when Mike has to take Werner out to the desert. And yeah. Yeah. That's right. Poor guy. Um, yeah, but overall, yeah, good show. And also, I forget the, what the name of the dog was, but Little Bear is an awesome name for a dog. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. All right, well, again, that, that was a, yeah, I, I I feel like things are more on the right track with this most recent episode, but, um, but yeah, the Howard stuff, the whole, I don't think the boxing thing really did anything for me either. No. I didn't, it just, it didn't, I didn't. I didn't I don't know. It also, again, just not didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I will say that the whole, sp- even though it's a storyline I don't care for, the the spray tan Jimmy as Howard was kind of funny. That that was the the only good part of that whole storyline so far was was yeah, not this most recent episode, but the one before that. That whole thing with the car and then him pulling out the the parking sign and that that was yeah, that was good. Yeah. All right. Uh, chef specials. Kind of, kind of don't have one this week. I'm, I, I may, maybe make well, an I, anti. I feel like you do. Chef special. And just the, the Euro stuff is so disappointing. Yeah, well, like there, the, the app is so good. The setup process was really good. They're small. Like they're just, they're powered via USB-C. There's <laughs> well, can 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 Amazon can the Euro people talk to the Kindle people and get... <laughs> um, they're so yeah, it's so so nice, but they just ugh, ugh. I don't know why they can't figure out their software. And and of all the devices to not play nice with, I mean the iPhone. The iPhone's not a that's not a good choice. Hmm. Hmm. Well. Um, well, and also I, th- I feel like your pick could easily be the thing that's giving you a thousand megabits up, but anyway, well, that's true. AT&T fiber does seem pretty great so far. Yeah. Um, I don't have one either. So people could have saved that money this week and use that to pay for goods that cost 8% more on an annualized basis. 